if you had gone through to the rap battle round, do you think you would have done well in that with all the experience you had gotten in those school battles? Is water wet? That's my question. Is water wet? <laughs> He was on Netflix's Rhythm and Flow, and he's even started his own clothing line. It's One Take Carter. Thank you for coming on to the podcast. What's going on, man? I'm here, man. Put your hands with my eyes. No, look at me now. Brand new clothes on, look at me snap. I stroll in the room, the MCs bow down, fuck around and wax that like Mr. Me Gap. I roll up. So, a couple things I want to talk about before we get into rhythm and flow. The first one is just like you, the idea of you rapping. Like, when did you think, like, oh, I could really do this, or like, oh, I'm better than most people at this? Was there like a specific moment, or did it just kind of happen over time? Um, I think. Over time, I was always performing. Like, I, w- I was on a chorus as a kid, uh, like, saying a lot. And then when I got into high school, I would always write, write poetry. But when I got into high school, there were, like, these after-school rap battles. Um, and like, they were, like, organized, too. Were, like, these organized after-school rap battles, whatever, with this after-school program. And I would be just destroying everybody. <laughs> so that's when I realized, like, all right. If I take this seriously, put some more energy towards it. So this can mm. be something. Mm. I think uh, that was so, it. Yeah, so pretty recently, I think it was a couple days ago, you came out with a mini documentary on Instagram. So how long did that take to make, and what went into making that? The mini doc only took a few days to make. Um, it was about me opening my store. That took about a, like less than a month, a little bit less than a month. Just putting energy towards this space I found. Um, it's this barbershop I go to a lot. They had this space in the back that a tattoo artist was in, and I pretty much I was I'm cool with the tattoo artist. I found out he was leaving before anybody did, so I already had my mind on the space. Just knowing that there's a lot of traffic in this barbershop, like I need this space for something. I didn't know what yet. My friends and I were looking for a uh, office space. So I was trying to convince them to join in with me. I'm like, this would be a good space to have. They're like, no, it's too small. We can't do this. We can't do that. We can't do this. I'm like, all right. And I just left it at that. They didn't even know I was taking it. So I ended up talking to the owner, getting the space. And I told myself, I'm like, I'm about to turn it into the first chilling store. Mm-hmm. And I drew it. And if you've seen the documentary, like, there's like a picture of one of the drawings I drew. Mm-hmm. Just like a, a, just a, a sketch pretty much, but. And I just brought it to life more and more every day, put some energy towards it, and it became the first chilling store, which I opened up on the 19th, so last Friday. Yeah, so you opened up the store. Uh, I know it's in New York. What town is it or in, in New York? It's in Long Island. All right. So if you're in Long Island, New York, make sure to check out the chilling store. Exactly. Where are you from? Uh, I'm from Los Angeles, but I moved to New York a couple years back. Alright, what part you in? Okay, okay. Yeah, it's like a little out of the uh, middle outside of New York City. Uh, So, what's one thing you wish you had known when you started your rapping career? That's a good question. I wish I would have known 
early on not to wait for anybody. <laughs> and what I mean by that is, like, a lot of the times artists on the come up are, like, looking to get signed. They're looking to get um, just requisition, um, recognition or um, affirmed by different people. And that was me, just like everybody else, early on in my career, thinking, I can't wait until this person figures out who I am. I can't wait for this person mm-hmm. to put me on, quote unquote. And after a while, after a good four or five years doing it, I'm like, nobody's going to put me on. i got to put yeah. myself on. You, you were ready and people just weren't keeping up with you. You were ahead of them. Yeah, I see. You said what? Uh, was it just like you were ready to go, but people were still like trying to keep up with you, like weren't ready to put you on, weren't ready to put you like in the public eye? I can barely hear you, but I, was just, and I feel like I know what you said. I felt like for a while I was ready, and then I get to another level, and I realized I wasn't. When I get to another level, and I realized I wasn't. I think now I'm more ready than ever. Um, but. There was like a there was times where I would I would my job was to my my job my goal was to get someone else's attention let's say that's big or that can help change my career instead of just being the person that can change my own career. Mm-hmm. So who has it doesn't have to be an artist specifically, but just generally in life, who has inspired you the most? Most. Mm-hmm. It's a good question. I think it's a mixture of a few people. I, don't, I can't really say anyone more than others. I'm a huge Spike Lee fan, mm-hmm. just of the movies he's made. I'm also a filmmaker myself, so like that's something that that's someone that inspires me. Worlds inspired. I can say anybody lives. It's a lot of people that actually are not living, but they're alive. So I feel like anybody that actually lives, chases the, not even just chases the dreams, but accomplishes them and continues to raise the bar in whatever artistic expression that they choose. Those are the people that I, that inspire me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it might be a tough question to answer, but to you, who are your top three rappers of all time? That is a tough question to answer. You know what it is too? I like certain rappers at certain periods. Can you hear me or is it a lot of... Yeah, no, I, I got that. So, there's... Like, I love... Dang, it's hard. It's my top three? Alright, so... Biggie's in my, definitely in my top three. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to be a, like, cliche. Biggie's definitely in my top three. Uh, what else? What else? What else? So the thing is too, like my top three, like these aren't artists I listen to every day. It's just artists yeah. I know that raise the bar super high. Yes, who you think's the best? Not like not necessarily your favorite artists. Yeah. Um. Oh, so who do I think is the best? Like. Yeah. Okay, so Big L definitely. So I'd say Biggie, Big L, and who else? Hmm. I have. I mean, I gotta respect Jay Z for his business acumen. So I'm just, I'm just throw him in there. <laughs> um, yeah. So for your clothing line that you opened a shop for, Chillin', uh, how did you start it, and what does it mean to you, or what message are you trying to spread to the world? Uh, yeah, that's a great question. So Chillin' is like my child. It's like how important it is to me. 
I was always into clothing, even before I started taking music seriously. I would make like my own clothes. I'll get my grandmother to sew certain like things on my clothes because I hated dressing like everybody else. Um, chilling is that childlike feeling of doing what you want to do and having no worries. So when you're doing what you want to do, you're chilling. Mm-hmm. Um, and my whole thing to the world is for people to be free and reach their fullest potential. You'll see the pizza in Chillin' incorporated in a lot of different things because everybody has a slice in life, in life that chance or that potential to be successful. So that's what it's all about. Like just people just being successful at doing what they want to do. They're doing what they want to do, they're chillin'. Yeah, okay. So you kind of just answered it a little, but you have that persona of the pizza man. What is what is that about? Um. So the pizza man is like just the person that is feeding everybody so it could be food for thought but i'm just the one that's like feeding everyone that um that energy that they might need or what they're missing to help them get to the next level mm-hmm. so what i would usually do like i do these pizza videos but i'm just you know trying different pizzerias or whatever and people and people um responding to them going to different like restaurants just promotion for different like pizzerias and also for my brand branding myself but that's what it's all about. I'm, I'm feeding people. Mm-hmm. So now we're kind of going to get into the questions about rhythm and flow, about being on the show. Um, so all the artists, I'm sure, on the show got a huge jump in following, huge mm-hmm. jump in followers. Uh, how did you deal with so many more eyes on you now? Oh, at first, it, like, it was weird for me. Because it's like, I, I, try, I try to respond to everybody. I try to have conversations with everyone. I'm not like one of those people that thinks they're above people. I just like, I, I may work harder than most people, but at the same time, I try to still be able, I, I like to be, I like to be touchable in a way. Mm-hmm. We're going to pause that too. But I like to be you know, reachable. I don't want to be seen like too exclusive all the time. So, mm-hmm. After a while, it became overwhelming. I got to tell Yeah, I was about to say, I'm sure, like, after the show, that was probably super hard to keep up with all those. People in different in different countries, women sending me voice memos in different languages. It's crazy. And then after a while, I just, I just fell back a little bit. I don't have to respond to these people. Mm-hmm. Let me respond to respond to because at the end of the day, you can drain it. What I, it can be draining. What I was trying to do was be real and be a people's person because that's who I am. But sometimes it's a lot. Like, I reached out, like, you reached out to me, I didn't know who you were, but I still set it up because you show love. Yeah. So it's like, anybody that show love, I like to reciprocate that. Mm-hmm. So I realized, like, you can you can reciprocate it, but you can't give everybody that. Yeah. Like, oh, but it was definitely cool. Mm-hmm. So before the performances on the show, you were in those waiting rooms with, like, all the artists that were going to perform what was kind of the feeling or the vibe in that room, but being surrounded by so many artists and so much talent? It was like everybody, like, just, like, at first, in the first audition, everybody, like, wondering how it is out there. You'll see somebody go out the room, and then they'll come back and be like, you made it? You made it? Like, did, you, did you go in or, or did you lose? Like, so some people came back sad, some people came back, you know, upset, but it, it was just kind of nerve-wracking at first. Um... Because you don't know what to expect. They got you downstairs before they really mm-hmm. set up everything. Or you might you might have went out there and performed without no crowd. 
so they can get like extra videos. But then you don't know what it's really like out there when. Well, yeah, because if you're down the stairs, you can't see the other performances. You have no yeah, clue what to expect. Yeah, there's a whole crowd there now, and the judges are there, so. Yeah, that was probably one, like, constant throughout all the audition episodes. It's just, like, people wondering, like, oh, who's up there? Oh, what's that like? Um, so who do you feel, uh, from the artists on the show, who do you think you're connected with the most? Who do you think I connected with the most? Yeah. Hmm. It was a few. Like, there's people I still talk to, like, like me and Jacob Campbell are really cool. Me and Inglewood IV are really cool. Uh, me and Flawless talk. Um, who else? Connected with the most. Troy Man's the homie too, so was on Caleb. But me and London B was close, bro. Like me and that, that was the homie on the show. Her and Savannah, those were my homies. She she seems very popular. I talked to Two Live Bree another time and he also said that he really connected with London B. Yeah, London me and London's rooms were right next to each other. And um like even when I got kicked off the show, I went and chopped it with her and she was like, Yo, you can stay, you can kick it here. Like that was the homie. Me and I were mad close on the show. Me and Englewood IV definitely too. He brought me back to Englewood on one night, like while we were on set, whatever. It was dope. Like that was my that's my guy, still my guy. And Jacob Campbell, I went to Colorado months after the show. He, he hooked me up with a hotel room, and that's the that's the homie. Man. I love Jacob. Yeah. Uh, so the first performance on the show, the audition, you were in front of Cardi B, Fat Joe, and Twista. What was it like performing? <laughs> what was it like performing in front of big names like that? Other than Fat Joe, confused about your clothing line. I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't know what the f you wearing right now, man. I'm just gonna keep it with. I made this shit and it's chilling, and I got my own clothing line and it's chilling. This look like you stopping airplanes and all that. It's like. It was nervous. Like, I was a little nervous, but I perform all the time. So once I like get through it, like once I start, it doesn't really matter to me anymore. Like all mm -hmm. of all of the nervousness goes away. Yeah, just like once you start it all, just kind of leaves the yeah, body. Cool. I mean, you kind of try to you want to like not you want to not mess up. At the same time, you still want to perform. I usually perform in shorts. Like, that's, like, my thing. Like, I love being able to perform in shorts. So I love the way the jumpsuit looked, but it was very uncomfortable to perform it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, super. But I, I wanted somebody, like, I, the plan was to stand out. As much as, like, I know that's what I do on a regular basis. I didn't really, I wasn't trying to stand out on the show, but, like, it was inevitable. Mm -hmm. Six, three, and a big, like, checkered suit. So it's, it's inevitable, but. Yeah. I'm happy Fat Joe said something about what I had on because everybody said something to me about it. So. Mm -hmm. uh, so after that first audition, when Cardi kind of tells you, like, oh, you're going to L.A., what did that feel like or what went through your head in that moment? It's like, it's lit. I knew I was going to go. Like, not because there's no, like, I, like, performing is easy for me. I was like, I'm out of here. I'm not, like, no, I'm going. But, um, it was dope. It was like, all right, I'm going to LA now. Mm -hmm. I wasn't really. I tried my best not to let any moment make me feel as if I made it. Mm -hmm. Because I want to still keep that hunger and I want to still, like, continue to work hard. I don't There's always feel, another level above exactly, where you are. There's always another level. So I didn't think, like, 
my mind made it. It wasn't that moment. It wasn't that type of moment for me. It was more so like, oh, got some more to the next round. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you did end up going to LA before the Cyphers round, it was Chance, Cardi, and Ti, and they told you that the winner of the show would be getting two hundred fifty thousand dollars and performing on Rap Caviar Live. What was your reaction to that, or what went like? What were you thinking in that moment? I was like, "That's cool." I was like, "Taxes." <laughs> That's exactly what I thought about first. I'm like, "Taxes." We probably only really get like one fifty. I'm a big math guy, so I started doing math in my head. If you win twenty fifty thousand. They gotta take at least this much. Is there any contract involved? No contract. Okay, cool. All right, I can, I can, I can deal with that. I thought it was gonna be more money, actually, some mm-hmm. kind of million dollars or something like that. The the flat number two hundred fifty thousand was kind of just like for the show or for publicity. Once you bring into tax, once you bring taxes into account, it's less than that. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So in the cipher round, it was you, Troy Man, Jacob Campbell, and Flawless Real Talk. What was the vibe in that group, or what was like? Were you bouncing lyrics off each other? What was that like? Yeah, we were bouncing lyrics off each other the whole time. We were, um, we were in there like we all knew pretty much each other's raps. And we were all like, "All right, this is about to be fire!" Like nobody's going home. That's our our energy was like none of us are going home at all. And um, like right before I went out out there, literally my mind went blank, like blank. That never happened to me before ever. Like, I always know my violence. But the thing is, I just wrote this. I believe a couple of the other artists, I don't know who, but I, like most, what I should have done was choose some mode. Mm-hmm. I wanted to go with something new. So, my whole new rap went blank except for the last four bars of it. I moved that to the top. And then I added an old verse to it. So, like, once I got through the first floor, I had to transition into another rap, which I've never done before, I like, in my head, I never did it. So I'm just like trying to connect it and it went crazy. Yeah, so it could be what you're talking about with your mind going blank. But there's a little stutter there and it really caught the attention of the judges. It's like magic when I'm in a booth. Obtuse, rubber goose, green moose, guava juice. If you got the fade after me, then I followed you. Hey, thing. Hey, I'm a prostitute. Work the night. One take call, you kind of filled in with a. You was a prostitute. Oh, yeah, I, you a prostitute. Yeah, I said, anything, <laughs> get money, I'm a prostitute. No, that ain't what you said. <laughs> there was a gap there, and you caught the line, oh, I'm a prostitute. Exactly. That's exactly what I said. <laughs> was that, was that already in the lyrics, or were you just trying to catch yourself on the beat? So that was in the lyrics, but that was the last bar. So I said it like a question. So I was like, F everything, get money on prostitute. Like, as a, like, 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 I, like I realized it myself, that's how I wrote it. Mm-hmm. That was supposed to how, be how I ended my rap. Mm-hmm. So that's why I looked like that, because I wrote it like, I wrote it like a question. Mm-hmm. But I'm also, this is not how I wrote it. I wrote it at the end, but at, when I performed it, I put another rap right under it. So I'm yeah, because you, you look like you were asking a question, but then you had to go to the next rap that you had. And so you had to. It's my whole other rap. And I stumbled a little bit because, like I said, I never did it before. Mm-hmm. I was like, damn. But I'm still thinking I'm in because my stumble wasn't as bad as somebody else's. I ain't mm-hmm. going to say their name, but the camera, the camera kind of cut them a little, them a little you, justice. Yours, yours was okay in the fact that it wasn't like you like 
stopped for a second and then came back, and you kind of kept words going throughout the whole thing. Um, so when you did that little, like, mess up transitioning, did that, did you kind of get in your head and get nervous, or did that push you to go harder for the ending of your cipher? I was just like, I gotta grab it. Like, I never stop. My whole thing is, you never lose if you just, unless you stop. The only person that has control over anything that you're doing is you. Once you give up, it's quiet. I'm like, I'm not giving up. I'm not gonna mm-hmm. stop. I actually started rapping again. They didn't, they didn't put this in the camera, but thing or whatever. But I mean, in the video, but I actually started rapping again to the judges. Like after, when once they started talking to me or whatever, and I was, I was still rapping, but I still had bars. I actually started to rap the original verse I wrote. Mm-hmm. I remembered it the second day. They bring you back. It's it's separate days that they shot it, so they mm-hmm. they. It's weird how they do it, but it's a TV show. Yeah, it's it's a Netflix show. It's, I'm sure it was not as clean as the show made it look. It is a thing with the editing. Yeah. Um, so you said when you were in school you were really good with the rap battles. If you had gone through to the rap battle round, do you think you would have done well in that with all of the experience you had gone in those school battles? Is water wet? That's my question. Is water wet? <laughs> Alright. Exactly what would have happened. I would have smoked everybody. <laughs> Anybody in that rap battle, we got ate up. All my friends were texting me, like, bro, if you would have made it to the battle round, it would have been over. It was just so disrespectful. Um, hey, everything happens for a reason. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the show, D Smoke ended up winning it. Um, did you think that was the right pick, or did you think someone else should have won? I think, like, Whoever won was supposed to win. I feel like, like he was very, D Smoke was very talented. I feel like he won because he was supposed to win. I think he was he was very prepared. I don't know about more than anybody else because everybody that was finalists were very very well put together. They they killed it. But I feel like any any one of them could have actually won. D Smoke seemed very unique because all of you were rappers, but he seemed like a musician. Like he was playing piano in that final performance he seemed really like an overall musician rather than just a rapper yeah, exactly and that's that's that adds the arsenal like, i definitely would have played keys if i had the chance to play keys a little bit too but, but he was nasty on the keys i ain't gonna try these smokers <laughs> yeah all right thank you for coming on where can people find you your social media music clothing everything where can they find you you'll find me at one take carter o-n-e take C-A-R-T-E-R, that's on IG. I just jumped on TikTok. I got my own store now. Um, it's it's um, on Grand Avenue, 1963B Grand Avenue in Baldwin, New York. I'm everywhere, man. Hit my line, hit me up. I'm chilling like always. You already know what it is. Shout out to the homie. We here, man. Thank you for having me. Yeah, for sure. You want me safety. Yeah, thank you.